Hi everyone, Catherine Cassidy, CEO of YouStyled, and I am so excited to welcome Beverly Halberg of District Media Group to the Leadership Style Power podcast video series. <laughs> it's a mouthful. We're That's a lot to, to say. We're going to have to work on that, I think. But um, I'm so happy to have you here, Beverly, to share your journey of how you've evolved as a leader, how you've built your business, to inspire women out there to see how they can do it too, how you can do it too. So let's get right into it. Um, tell me about what you're doing right now with District Media Group, and then I want to go into how you got there. Sure. So District Media Group is a communications firm based in D.C., but we do work across the country. And essentially what we focus on most is preparing people for media interviews. So someone's going on CNN or someone is going on Fox. It could be a candidate, a member of Congress, a spokesperson for an organization. What we do is we do mock interviews with them. We bring a whole camera kit. We time their answers. We help them on their messaging. Things like dealing with tough questions and the ever scary how to handle the camera that's looking at you. So what do you do with your hands and your facial expressions, etc. That's amazing. So that's what you do now. Mm -hmm. You launched it in 2008. Yes. A really great time to launch a business as I well know. <laughs> <laughs> we have that in common, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but what, what led you to founding, taking that leap into entrepreneurship and founding District Media Group? Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where I jokingly tell people, even though it's true, it's just kind of ironic, is I run a business, yet I've never taken a business class in my life, nor did I ever think I was going to run a business. So it was, grew up in California, I thought I would always stay in California. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster, so I thought I was going to work for ESPN. So somehow I ended up in D.C. working mostly in the political scene and owning a small business. So for me, it's just been a journey of what made sense as doors opened up and that's what led me to where I am. Oh, I love that. A journey <laughs> a as journey. doors opened up. Yes. So maybe walk us through yeah. um, how you walked through that first door. How yeah. did you know there was an opportunity you needed to take? Why did you raise your hand, etc.? Yeah, so um, I mentioned I didn't plan to come to DC, but I was um, studying video production, radio and television broadcasting, and someone who had worked for the school that I went to was working in DC, and they needed some people to intern the summer before my senior year. So I thought, why not go to DC? It sounds like fun, sounds like something different. I'd only been once in my life to DC when I was 13 for like two days when my family decided to take a vacation here. And so I went up there, really loved what I was doing, and then it turned out that they had a job opening that they wanted me to take part in once I graduated. So I thought, why not go to DC for two years? I like the organization, this is great. And so now I am 16 years later still in DC. So a lot of it was I work mostly as a producer and an editor starting out, which is what my background was in. I did a lot of on-camera work, but the nonprofit organization I worked for did have training seminars. So after a year of being there, not only was I taught, but I started taking over the training. So somebody taught me how to train people. And so I was doing that in addition to working as a producer and editor for the organization. But a real important key for me is I had a boss there who told me, he said, you should freelance. 
you should do other work. He had made his career doing freelancing before he came to this organization. So I started doing a weekend sports anchor position at the Salem Radio Network news station. He, my boss hooked me up with other video production companies in the area. So I was doing that in evenings and on weekends. And then seven and a half years into my full-time job, I couldn't balance the two. So it was a tipping point to say, okay, do I start turning away work or do I have enough side business to actually do this on my own? Right. So that was a tipping point for me in starting the business. And that was in 2008 yeah. when you said, okay, let's do let's this. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I had some savings, not as, yeah. money, not as much money as I had planned on, right. um, but just some, some certain things kind of took place where it just became clear that it was the right timing. Mm -hmm. And I decided to jump. And, and one of the things that was beneficial for me, and I know you and I have talked about this, is we've branched into businesses where you don't have to put much capital out. Right. We've, I didn't have to get an office because I work from home. I would go meet with my clients anyway. So when somebody's opening up a restaurant mm -hmm. where you have to hire employees right away, where you have to put money out on a building, where you have to do all the refurbishing um, for the style of the restaurant, that's a bigger investment than I had to take. So the worst thing that would happen is I realized you get another job. Right. <laughs> At the end of the day, I would just have to find another job if it didn't work. Yeah, and what I love about what you're sharing with your story is a, you had the courage to take that first leap of faith to move across the country, leave your family. Um, because remind me where you went for undergraduate? Was it close to home? No, I went to a university in South Carolina. Okay, so it wasn't that big of a leap because you'd already, <laughs> already made the move. <laughs> you'd yeah. already done that at least in college, which yeah. is one of those, it's sort of like a, a, a baby step because you get to yeah. go home for the holidays and whatnot. Um, and that, you know, you were used to the East Coast, so. What then, taking it back to the decision to go to school mm -hmm. in Southern Cal or South Carolina? Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm projecting no, that's okay. Southern that's California. Okay. Yeah, because um, that again, that's a big leap of faith to yeah. leave you know, a family that you're close to? I think it's a, it's a variety of things. So first of all, even though I grew up with Cal in California, I have a lot of family on the East Coast, and so my mom grew up in the South, mm -hmm. so she had left. Um, my grandfather moved from state to state. He was actually a church planter, so um, that was something. I would say when, it, when I take a look at where all my cousins are now, a lot of us do own our own businesses. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, there's just this element of taking risk and right. change was not something that was explicitly taught, but it was never scary. Absolutely. If that makes sense. So I think that there's just an element of taking chances and experiencing new adventures is just what my family does. And, and even something somebody said to me recently that I thought was really interesting and even looking at Americans is that we're all descendants of people who left. Mm -hmm. Whatever Whenever that they left, we all came here because either us personally, so if you're a recent immigrant, or whether it was your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents, great et cetera, we are the descendants of people who took risks. So I think that alone um, just instills a mentality that people have to go out there and create something new and try it. But you don't have great reward without great risk, so there's that element. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, having savings, and you did a, essentially your business started as a side hustle, and it was all incredibly organic, but it was risk 
that was calculated. Well, as you know, one of the big things that you take into account, I'm sure you have people who will come up to you and say, well, what do I need to do? I'm thinking about opening, owning my business. It's, well, how hard are you currently working? <laughs> um, because yeah. um, people will often say, oh, you're so lucky you're your own boss. And it's true. I wouldn't be doing it if this wasn't beneficial to me. But sometimes your boss is the worst person in the world because mm -hmm. she makes you work all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, so it's, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So there, you do feel often that you're working all the time. Um, you don't get paid vacation. You don't get paid sick time. Right. You don't get retirement. Um, so there are definitely some downsides to it that you have to consider if you want to do it. I, I completely agree. I started my business possibly too young. I did not have a safety net. And uh, my friends asked, how did, you, how did you do it? How did you make that decision? My friends who have jobs that are very secure, they give them actually fairly good creative flexibility, and I always say, <laughs> I did not know. <laughs> I honestly did not know. However, That's what you're thankful for being naive in exactly, a Exactly, 100%. <laughs> However, that I am also grateful for yeah. because not having a safety net me meant that I had to really go for it and keep that hustle going and work seven days a week. Yeah. And, but love every minute of it versus work seven days a week, which is what I was doing before, and not necessarily love every minute of it. Well, I've even thought about how exciting it is to not even know what six months is going to bring, what a year mm -hmm. is going to bring. And I could be just in exactly the same position, or I could be doing more, doing something different. So Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with working a nine-to-five job, staying at a job that you, you like, or at least that pays, you know, if you want to... Um, work so that you can live a lifestyle and your work provides that. I think that's fantastic. But there's just an element that I'm always looking for seeing where I can expand because that's interesting to me and creative. So it does take, I think, a certain kind of desire that people want. Now, some people would say that I'm sacrificing many things, such as maybe some things in personal life because I work a lot. So, I mean, it, it's, once again, it's not negative if you don't have this mentality. Absolutely. It's fine to have the opposite. Um, it's just figuring out what's best suited for you. Well, that's a really key piece to hone in on. A, that you are really paying attention to what serves you. You're not doing this for the sake of, you know, fame and glory and whatnot. Um, and, and what lights you up. So you're really paying attention to that. Um, so I think that's what, you know, we want to highlight here for you, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Uh, and the fact that you were willing to go through those doors and again pay attention to hmm, this is an interesting opportunity and I think I'll go for it and that takes again courage. Oh, thank you. So <laughs> thank for you. <laughs> well, um, you know, I think courage and conviction is a really big part of why we what we're seeing right now with women rising up mm -hmm. and really starting to speak up. It takes that to raise your hand. You have to really, truly believe in what you're doing. Yeah. And uh, this is why the Leadership Style Power Series exists, is to highlight these different elements of Leadership Style Power, courage and conviction being one of them, or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's what I love about your story is that you are just intuitively following, you know, what will serve you. And, and what you want to do. Um, and yes, we do make personal sacrifices sometimes <laughs> in our life, but 
my point of view, maybe you agree, is that it all works out in the end. You know, if you're following your intuition, then it's all working out in your best interest, even and, if it's... <laughs> and even aside of that, I'm sure you've experienced this because every small business does, you have to let yourself fail. Because not everything is going to pan out. So even though, yeah, I've had some successes in X area, I've also been doing this since 2008. Not everything has panned out. So mm -hmm. recognizing, and this is something that is hard for me because I am a perfectionist, but realizing that failures aren't, like if, if failure in one area is something that puts you over the edge, you really aren't suited for this. So being able to take a failure and say, okay, what did I learn? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, that's just not where my talents are. And that's okay. Right. Absolutely. Um, so now let me refocus. Let me Absolutely. go to this area. So it's also what I would call following the market and what the market has. So even though I worked as a producer and editor, I left all of that for training because there weren't many media trainers. There are right. lots of producers. I enjoyed both, mm -hmm. but that was just the one that made sense. So part of it is having that intuition, seeing what's out there, trying some things. Nope, that didn't work. Backing up and trying again. And I, I would say for women, of course, I'm making a broad generalization here, is that, um, and I even struggle with this, is sometimes being fearful to do things because I feel like I don't have it all together in that one area yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, well, I still want to lose some weight or, you know, fill in the blank. I still need to learn the skill set a little bit better. But I, I have found that men don't tend to struggle with that as much as women do. And so telling ourselves, even if you don't feel it, to mm -hmm. fake it till you make it. And of mm -hmm. course, we've all heard that phrase before. Mm -hmm. But if it feels uncomfortable, you're probably at least pushing yourself in a direction of, of growth. And that's Absolutely. a good thing. Absolutely. Growth is just outside your comfort zone, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And it's the art of the pivot. And I think that is something that is a life skill that you only learn through experience and that that acceptance of failure because if you if you keep going then it's just feedback yeah it's you yeah. know you're oh okay that didn't quite work cool like that's good to know I'm not gonna invest any more time or money there and then that opens up an opportunity my boutique box came from the fact that I wasn't getting people to sign on for personal shopping and I'm like this is the whole point this is the value yeah. but I knew that the cost was the prohibitive piece there so how can we make it work and all of a sudden you know business expanded so the art of the pivot the courage the confidence being okay with failure and not being perfect which is actually a really nice segue considering you're you are a media trainer yeah. I'm going through this myself this feeling of if you're going to be on camera you need to look and be perfect your hair needs to be perfect your makeup your skin your weight etc um, how do you help clients move through that when I know it's confidence ultimately is what you're trying to cultivate and create but like you say you have to fake it till you make it is there are there any techniques or well I, I think that we can look to this is gonna kind of be old school but look to Oprah as mm. far as this goes in that she was someone who came on the scene where you didn't have many African Americans in media, um, not many females, and she's never been the model shape. Mm -hmm. And yet people loved her. Look yeah. at what she did. So you can even take some networks. I actually think CNN and MSNBC are really good about this, which is having women on who, um, variety of age ranges, variety of weights, variety of racial backgrounds. And so I think even looking at that and saying there's a difference between being put together and 
feeling like you have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Because if people like who you are, if you're, if you're conversational, if your personality shines through, they want you back. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you and I have this pressure of we're teaching people how to present themselves. <laughs> so it's, you're probably always thinking about what you wear. And I'm always thinking about, well, are my hand gestures working? Am I delivering in the way that I coach people to? But I also know that if we don't put ourselves out there, I mean, we, ha we also have to show that um, we can practice what we preach. Mm -hmm. It does have that added, added level, but we're always going to be our harshest critics. Absolutely. And so part of it is realizing we'll never achieve perfection. Mm -hmm. you now maybe we need to improve ourselves in certain ways and that's fine. Um, but not letting that prevent us from doing something. I love that. Please, just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> and no, we don't get paid by Nike, but it's a very good slogan. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the reason why the this, this slogan works. Yeah. Absolutely. Or, uh, you know, we could go to the Martin Luther King Jr. Quote of you just have to take that first step in faith, mm -hmm. and you know I'll, I'll put the quote below <laughs> so I don't totally butcher it right now. But um, you know life is a marathon, and just take that first step forward, and you know maybe you lose your footing just a little bit, but you can rebalance yourself fairly quickly. So yeah. Um, speaking of balance, <laughs> uh, this is not a good question for me. <laughs> Uh, you know, I kind of hate this question of the work-life balance piece of it. Do you think that that's even something that matters as far as, you know, should we be talking about it or should we let go? Well, I think it's a combination. So for me, fortunately, I work with a lot of my friends. So there is just a social element where I have that through work and I love what I do. I love the people who even work with my company. So we're all friends. So my situation may be a little bit different than someone else, but I think you have to ask yourself, when do you feel unbalanced? Because everybody feels unbalanced in different ways. And knowing in many ways you're never going to have it all. So I think for some people it's you want to have a family, mm -hmm. but if you have a family and you're working, you probably are going to feel stressed. So it's figuring out, do I want to get the nanny? Do I want to do part-time? For everybody that balance is different. I don't think that we should get into this mentality of you can have it all because you can't. I think we go through different seasons in life. So I don't have children right now, so I am able to devote more to my business. I think I would want to back off if I did have kids. Um, I did get a dog, so there's been <laughs> a little bit more time at home with a baby um, English bulldog. So they're, they're, that's bringing a different side that I'm trying to balance. But I think it's important to figure out outside of work, what are those things that are important to you and to try to fit that in. And sometimes you just go through seasons where you're just really busy, you have to cut some things out, and you just need to pick them back up again when you can. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, not to totally segue, but I do want to move into some questions sure. around just really focusing on leadership, since we are talking about leadership style power. How do you see yourself as a leader? Hmm, that is a good question. I probably don't really see myself as one. Um, it's not something that I, I think about. I, I always find it interesting that there, and this is probably a negative thing because probably a lot of people do read leadership books. I'm not a big fan of leadership books in that I think you either understand how to lead people or you don't. Mm -hmm. So am I a leader or what are the leadership skills? I would say in managing a team, because that's been more recent where I've brought people on, is always making sure they're okay and checking in with them. Mm -hmm. um, we all work at, from different locations so you can feel very disjointed. Mm -hmm. um, but part of being a leader 
here is being willing to do any work that you task them with yourself or that you have done and also making sure that there's enough time in their day to do it and if not how do we need to rearrange it a lot about leadership is communication I would agree mm -hmm. absolutely I, I think it's interesting that you you are a leader yet you're that's just not how you identify no yourself. I would never identify myself as that yeah it's Part of it too is, is that I work with so many large organizations where they have a clear leadership structure and mm -hmm. so for so long it was just me coming in and helping people. Mm -hmm. So I just don't think think of that in those terms. In some ways maybe I should, but I think, how would I say it, like I don't do what I do to become a definition right. and not that that's what you're implying. Right. So I don't even really think through what the definition that people have of me. I would say what matters to me most is People know that when they hire me, they get a good product, mm -hmm. um, and that's most important. That they're they're a happy client. So that's what I'm always focused on. I like that. I can I can I can appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> um, I think, uh, and what you're saying too is essentially leading by example, and you know, it's making sure that the team is playing well together, mm -hmm. which is actually one of the big reasons why I'm a big I'm a huge believer in women as leaders because mm -hmm. it's not about you being at the top in terms of an infrastructure, but like creating buy-in yeah. with your team or with the organization. Um, so maybe that's another conversation we can have. Yeah, absolutely. Another time we'll dig deeper into all these things. Um, final question, how do you continue to invest in yourself, mm -hmm. not your business? as you've grown in your career and your leadership? It's tough, so this would go back to the work-life balance. And one thing that has always been, though, extremely important to me is my faith. So I still am very active in a church. Um, so Sundays are church day. Mm -hmm. And so having that set aside for me has been really important. On top of, and that's also where volunteer service can come in. Um, and then the other thing is, especially living in DC, we're living in a town where it's very transient, that people come in and out. So I have a core group of friends who have stayed here for a long time, probably will continue to stay here. And when we get together, even though we all kind of work in the same political arena, we don't talk about politics. Mm. So the friends that you have where you can go, like I'm a big sports fan too, mm -hmm. so I go to a lot of sporting events, music events, where we have interests outside of what our work is, I think that's a way to keep you balanced. Because when we get together, the last thing we really want to talk about is work. <laughs> so I pro you probably are the same one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are certain days when I'm jazzed to still talk sure. about work. Other days, you're like, I just like talk about boys. <laughs> yeah, just want to tune out, talk about something completely different. Totally, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Thank you so much for, for joining me. joining us for this inaugural podcast. I hope I did it justice. Beverly. I don't know. No, I think absolutely. I mean, yeah. the whole point of this is that we all are showing up as our highest self and investing in ourselves and continuing to raise our hand yeah. in potential. And you are modeling that uh, with your business. And your business has grown crazy over the last eight years. And I know, as a fellow entrepreneur, that it goes up and down and all around. Yeah. And a lot know. more expenses these days. <laughs> uh, seriously. <laughs> You're like, as soon as the, the, the top line goes up, so does everything. I've so does everything else. Oh. But it's a good thing. You, you have to spend money to make money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good you do. little uh, leadership principle, whether it's developing yourself as a leader or your business. You have to spend money to make money. So I think uh, a lot of women are 
kind of shy in that respect in terms of, you know, we put our children first, we put yeah. the company first, we put, so, you know, investing time in yourself, investing a little bit of money in yourself if it's a sporting event, yeah. um, and just spending, you know, spend money to make money, so. <laughs> and on clothes that. too, you have to look, you have to look the part, so that's important. It's all about how you feel. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you again. Thanks for having me. So, and we will be back soon with your next Leadership Style Power video podcast. Have a wonderful one and own your style power.